Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcast. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about choices after graduating from high school. What's next? King Solomon offers guidance. Hey, David, it's Grandpa. Well, David, I went to the dentist today. As I was walking into the office, I saw the sidewalks and corners flooded with students wearing or carrying backpacks. They appeared to be waiting for a bus. I have no idea where they were going. On some field trip, I suppose. But it got me to thinking. Many of them, if not all of them, were coming to the end of their high school careers. Your cousin Ethan graduates this weekend. By the time I post this, it will be a done deal. So, I'm wondering, what's next for him? What does life have in store for the new graduate? I guess that sort of depends upon what the new graduate has in mind, doesn't it? I did some web snooping today. Many sites offer advice to the recently graduated teen. Maybe he wants to go to college or earn a degree online. Perhaps he'll choose a trade school or just start working. He could join the military or the Peace Corps. Or he could take a year off. If he has an entrepreneurial spirit, maybe he'll start his own business. As you see, there are many options. We didn't even mention this one. Get married and start a family. That brave adventure usually starts after he has his job or his career laid out. This is quite a menu to choose from. But how does one choose? Surely there is more to deciding on how to go forward than simply looking at a list of options, isn't there? Life will always be a complex of choices. If only we had guidance on how to look at our options and make good ones. Well, David, there is. King Solomon, son of King David, wrote a book about life. It's in your Bible. It's called Ecclesiastes. In it, Solomon presents himself as the speaker who raises the question, quote, what is life all about, end quote, or, quote, what is it good to do with my life? He pursues it from the standpoint of answering the question, quote, of all that I might pursue, what has lasting value, end quote. Having approached it from every possible angle, Solomon shared his conclusions. So let me present a few brief observations about life from the conclusions of Solomon. Understand that he lived in a time of world peace. He lived opulently. He had more riches than a man knew what to do with. In other words, he had time, opportunity, ability, 
but also the desire to pursue the meaning of life. No other person in world history was so favorably positioned to explore that question. Not only did Solomon have all that we just mentioned, he also had a relationship with and knew the mind of his maker. Clearly, he was the ideal man to explore the age-old question, quote, what is life all about, end quote. I did a four-year stint at the University of Washington studying chemical engineering. I'll talk to you about that next week. While I was there, I met one or two graduate students who acted like the pursuit of deeper understanding was the substance of life. So did Solomon, until he realized that he was pursuing a vapor. It couldn't be caught. And even if he could catch it, the answer he so desperately sought wasn't there. Just down the street from my house lives a woman, a master gardener, whose yard looks immaculate. Every year it looks trim and immaculate, but every year she has to trim it and prune it and weed it. It's a never-ending pursuit. Solomon did the same, only on a grander scale. He looked at the vineyards and the orchards that he had planted, and though they were fulfilling to establish and develop, once they were in place, he still felt the emptiness. There had to be something more. Long ago, when I was younger than you, a singing group called The Birds came out with a tune based upon Solomon's experience. It's called Turn, Turn, Turn. It was a catchy song, but I'm not sure they caught Solomon's meaning. Though it seems like there is an appointed time for contrasting events, like finding a thing or losing it, we can never determine what that time will be. Life is unpredictable. God designed it that way so we couldn't just settle in. There is a time for everything, whether good or bad, in our lives, there's a time for things to happen, but we don't know what that time is or when it will be. This very state of uncertainty about what might come next is intended to cause us to look for the divine. Or, as Solomon said, he has placed eternity in their heart. As you look at the political world, the chaos and corruption that can creep into power positions, it makes you wonder if being on top is the answer. But the reality is, power-hungry people still feel empty, just like the oppressed find no comfort in being oppressed. We all die. So being in a prominent position that leaves me still feeling empty until I die renders me no better off than the one who was oppressed throughout life. As Solomon said, this too is futility. The answer doesn't lie in being on top. I have a friend whose brother collects money. Seriously. He collects and hoards money. Many people have savings account, but that's not what this man does. He hoards it. Not to spend on himself, but to have it. Does he suppose that there is security in having a lot of money? Doesn't he know that like anybody else, even poor people, he's going to die? You see, David... Solomon viewed death as the great equalizer. There was no ultimate advantage to anybody, whether rich or poor, whether powerful or oppressed, whether wise or unwise. 
we all go to the same destination, the grave. To Solomon, it was frustrating. In any of the activities that we pursue, he could not find a single one that didn't ultimately leave him wishing for more. In other words, feeling unfulfilled. However, three times in his short book, Solomon recognized certain realities that should be seen as gifts from God. Simply stated, those three truths will be the core of a happy life, as long as you don't see them as the reason you're alive. There's a deeper reason for living than just the gifts that we enjoy along the way. We'll get to that in a minute. Solomon knew, as we all know, that we are destined to work at some task all the days of our lives. And so, he realized that a deep blessing from God is to find work that we enjoy, to enjoy our work. He also knew that as we work, we provide income. We may even accumulate some of our income. So Solomon said, enjoy the fruit of your labor. Do things that bring a sense of satisfaction. This too is a gift from God. My friend's brother does not enjoy the fruit of the money he has collected. I frugally saved for six years so that I could take us, Grandma Linda, our three children, and their spouses, and their children, to Maui for my 50th anniversary. I'm telling you, David, I enjoyed the fruit of my work. Some of it was watching you enjoy being there with your brother, sister, and cousins. What a blessing. That's what I'm talking about. Solomon said, enjoy the fruit of your labor. It is a gift from God. The third thing he called a gift from God was to enjoy life with your bride. I expand that to say, enjoy life with your wife and the children she brings into your life. It's a gift. As you know, 25 years after you were born, actually less than that, you no longer live with your parents. We have our children for a brief while, then they go to make lives of their own. Our life is not made up of and fulfilled by our children, but having them in our life is a gift to enjoy. Life, however, is much more than these three gifts. I want you to enjoy the work you do. Find something that suits you, David. I want you to enjoy the fruit of that work. Do fun things and enjoy life. Bungee jump if you have to. I want you to enjoy your wife and family when the time comes. But I also want you to realize that these are not the answers to what gives depth and purpose to your life. They're just God's blessings along the way. When Solomon got to the end of his book, he talked about getting old. He described old age, the frailties of it our inability to pursue things that we used to pursue with vigor. I used to play racquetball. I loved playing racquetball. I don't play it anymore. He talked about the breaking down of the body and its functions. Solomon described all of those. Then he said, having analyzed life, its pursuits, its meanings, its emptiness, and its blessings, he said what really matters, what's at the heart of every man is this, powerful truth. Hold your Creator in the highest esteem possible and listen to His counsel. Use it to guide you through life. 
Only then will the eternal part of your heart resonate with true meaning. You will know that this is what life is all about, to live in the presence of your Creator and follow Him. So, go out and find a lifelong pursuit that gives you a sense of fulfillment. Find a companion to share your life and spend your money on things you enjoy. These are gifts from God. But most of all, revere Him and let His counsel guide your choices. Have a great and fulfilling life. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about why I pivoted after my junior year of college. I was preparing to become a chemical engineer. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a a joy-filled week. week.